Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about our true participation in democratic processes. Mm. So I'm guessing that many of our, or most 3CR listeners, have experienced or witnessed the devastating, top-down, command-and-control approach of our democratic governments, where the views and interests of ordinary people are often treated with disdain by people in power. And when I say people in power, I don't just mean people in government. Given the power of profit-driven corporations, which we have lots of evidence of, you could easily argue we're more in a plutocracy than a democracy. And for those unfamiliar with the word, a plutocracy is a state or society ruled or controlled by the wealthy or an elite or ruling class whose power derives from their wealth. And whilst many listeners may feel that such systems would not really apply to Australian and other societies governed by parliaments voted in by the people, and that such systems Mm. only exist where authoritarian rule is established and maintained, having a closer look and thinking again, as we want people and ourselves to do, uh, that may reveal a rather different reality. Indeed, democracy, from the Greek demos, the people, and kratin, to rule, so rule by the people it means, often is anything but it what pretends to be. It leaves major decisions and initiatives to a disparate group of powerful entities, national and global, who continue to impose their intentions and interests on the population. Mm. Such influence and imposition is mostly not direct and openly visible for everyone, but it remains hidden in semi-secret confidential backroom negotiations. In these shadow spaces, the economically powerful work in cahoots with the politically powerful. Uh, Often the wills for this are well-oiled by donations to political parties by vested interests. The The politically powerful give the proceedings a veneer of legality and legitimacy as those in government continue to insist that they have been elected as representatives of the people people. and therefore act in their name and for their interests. Mm. But we all know that this is just a veneer. Yes, unfortunately. As an example, we need look no further than the case of the Westgate Tunnel, which we discussed last week. Mm -hmm. In which a consortium of private corporations wanting to pursue for the long term their financial interests, set out long-term directions and spending in its own commercial interests above and beyond any direct influence we as ordinary citizens have. Mm. And again today in the age, there was another article, where are they going to put the dirt? Mm. Of course, there is also the associated rabble and networks of powerful and influential institutions and figures outside of government and those directly involved 
that support those with wealth. For example, most of the media, the Murdoch press, and news corporate media, the news more, uh, corporate media in particular. And it seems that the major parties and the government and oppositions they install are all in it. Some more and mm, some less. Yeah. So no wonder people are feeling pissed off and disempowered. Poll after poll show people are feeling cynical about and disenchanted with government, politicians and the political system. So they drop out. They say, what's the use? And I'm sure we've all done that at certain points. What's the use? Like in that Leonard Cohen song, Everybody Knows. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. Mm. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Yeah. So, And it's I devastating too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I heard uh, Professor Ann Tiernan from Griffith University talk about this recently on the radio. And she observed that deliberately ignoring the views of the people is a way of cultivating cynicism in the populace so that people will disengage. So it's actually a deliberate strategy Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. disengage people. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a trick I noticed in the 90s when Jeff Kennett was Victorian Premier. There'd be massive protests and demonstrations um, and he'd say something dismissive or belittling that, oh, he didn't really notice. Oh, yeah, there was a bit of noise outside my window and it wasn't of much consequence, you know, like a fly on his arm. Um, implicitly saying that people may as well go home because their efforts are futile anyway. So even with the recent needless destruction of mature native trees for the railway crossing removal at Moreland Railway Station, a lot of locals were saying exactly that. They'd be saying... Yes, it's wrong, but why bother? What's the use? They've decided what they're going to do and they'll do it anyway. And as we noticed a few weeks ago when talking about this as well, there's always an assumed higher or larger or upscaled public who wants what is being done for their own reasons and rationales and they then get pitched against the locals who are the main ones suffering. Mm. The tricks of divide and rule are ever-present to those who govern, including the mm. plutocrats. Mm, of course, that r- applies to claims for mm-hmm. Aboriginal land in many cases yes, too. Yes, totally. And divide and rule is an old strategy anyway. Yeah. Mm. And, of course, there's also um, what they talk about, uh, legitimate community voices mm-hmm. um, to listen to, the ones who we should listen to. They'll be the proper representatives of the people, which can be hand-picked. <laughs> and know. where this radio station specialises in. <laughs> You know, to have give voice to those people who usually are excluded. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> Jack was responding to my frown there. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so there's there's a legitimate community voices. Uh-huh. There's the ratbag community voices. They're the ones who, they're not really respectable. We don't uh-huh. listen to those ones. They're a that's bit right. of a rabble. And then there's the middle of the road ones who seem to be nice people, but they're being duped by the ratbags and misinformed uh-huh. and who therefore must be naive and stupid. So we don't have to listen to them either and actually all of those categories were conveyed to me in a recent conversation mm-hmm. I had with mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. in one of the offices where there was supposed to be consultation yeah. over the upfield corridor that's right and all those were described to me there were good guys there were the bad guys and they're the stupid guys yeah <laughs> and on that note we probably turn to lawbreaker by charcoal club Freedom comes 
agitators and stirrers are a meddling bunch of people who go down to perfectly content levels of society and sow seeds of discontent, thereby shaping a better civilization and humanity. Agitators and stirrers are a meddling bunch of people who go down to perfectly content levels of society and sow seeds of discontent, thereby shaping a better civilization and humanity. Agitators and stirrers are a medley bunch of people go down a perfectly content level of society and sow seeds of discontent, thereby shaping a better civilization. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital, and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. And sorry for that miscue just before, <laughs> but uh, the lawbreaker came through eventually. Today we're talking about democracy and ways in which we can probably look a bit differently at it and improve it eventually. Mm-hmm. So what can we do within the existing pretend democratic system or... Or how should we change the system? Or how would a different system really look like and operate? This is a big question, or a few questions there, really. At one end, within the system, we have the an example in the independent MP for Indi, Cathy McGowan, in 2013 entering federal parliament and being re-elected mm-hmm. in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her successor, Helen Haynes, also an independent in 2019. So they emerged very much from a groundswell of real grassroots activity and support. Local people did band together who were interested in the health and welfare of the local community and economy. And they saw in Cathy and her successor real champions, genuinely, apparently, genuinely interested in collaboration. Of course, there are a range of ways in which people and communities are trying and have tried historically to get involved and have some real power in a democratic process. A famous until this day influential paper is by Sherry Arnstein. She wrote it in 1969, mm-hmm. around the same time where radio stations like these popped up and wanted to also claim a louder voice in 
the goings-on of society. Uh, she wrote about citizen involvement in planning processes in the United States. So the, she developed a, a ladder of cit citizen participation that showed participation ranging from high to low. The ladder is a guide to seeing who has power when important decisions are being made. It has survived for so long because people continue to confront processes that refuse to consider anything beyond the bottom rungs of that ladder. So that ladder are, on the bottom rungs are the least participation? That's correct. And yeah. on the top of the ladder are the most? The most, mm -hmm. yeah. So just to exemplify that a bit, there are eight degrees she discovered or she described mm -hmm. of citizen participation ranging from non-participation and that includes for her ways of looking at the at this includes manipulation and therapy, and therapy. which basically make you know making people sleep uh, by all manner of sweet depoliticizing <laughs> people exactly then I suppose it goes back to that individualizing Mm -hmm. Maladies yeah, is yeah, being yeah. personal. Absolutely. Then in the middle of that range of participatory modalities is tokenism. And that includes informing people that mm -hmm. something is going to happen and just sort of like not even asking them for feedback, just that they know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Consultation, Consultation, which is sort of like a little bit better if you want to. But she does still call it tokenism. She still talks it tokenism because in most cases in practice people come and explain hear some of the responses from the locals and then go away and do what they wanted to do mm. anyway and placation that means that people are then promised all manner of things about what is what, all the good sides of what is going what is being planned and implemented mm. finally there is a group of three real citizen control Only modalities three. yep mm -hmm. out of the eight and that includes first Partnership, that means locals working with their governments to evolve the best solution. Then delegation, that means that the, 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 the power holders are delegating the power of decision making mm -hmm. down. In a, it's a form of decentralization, if mm -hmm. you want. And then full citizen control. Mm, yeah. And, I th and she, what does she say is most common? Well, most common. Well, most common sits in the lower five. Mm -hmm. That means tokenism and non-participation. Yeah, I sort of anticipated that answer, mm -hmm. but thank you yeah. for clarifying. Yeah. So a scale of participation that's widely used these days here um, seems to echo that more progressive critique. So it's but this scale that's often used here is robbed of its that critical description of what actually happens with power imbalances mm. in our society. Mm -hmm. And the scale is by the International Association for Public Participation, which is often shortened to IAP2, and it's called the Public Participation Spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's often used for guidance by local governments, very common, and community organisations. IAP2 sets out a range of ways that the public can be involved in decision-making. Um, similar to the one you've just described, Jacques, from mm -hmm. least engaged mm -hmm. at one end to the most engaged or the most power at the other end. At the least engaged end of the spectrum, we have inform, um, where people are just provided with information that a road's going to be widened and there'll be roadworks, etc. One step more along the spectrum, we have consult, where the public gives feedback 
on government thinking, alternatives or decisions. So if a local government has decided to make a park for dogs on lead or is deciding whether to make it on lead rather than off lead, you have a chance to say what you think. Mm. Um, and they're often very confined to discrete decisions yes. like that. Yep. They're not necessarily, usually not involving the big, big stuff. decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have, that's my critique, not mm. the IAP2's <laughs> critique. Uh, next we have Involve, which describes governments working directly with the public through the process to ensure that public concerns and aspirations are consistently understood and considered, and of mm-hmm. course, there's a lot mm-hmm. of room to move in the word considered. Um, that that's the middle of the spectrum. The next two points on the spectrum describe higher levels of community power in decision making. So the next uh, collaborate. The next one is collaborate. So that's obviously much mm-hmm. more progressive than the ones before. Collaborate describes the government partnering with the public in each aspect of the decision including the development of alternatives Mm -hmm. and the identification of the preferred solution. And I think what characterises that collaborate is there's a sincerity Mm -hmm. and genuineness in really collaborating. Mm -hmm. It obviously resonates with Einstein's uh, ladder ladder rungs. Mm -hmm. Finally, on the IAP2 spectrum, we have empower, which is very rare and in real life as it would would place the final decision-making in the hands of the public. Governments will rarely go to the empower end. For one, they point out that governments are legislatively responsible for the decisions that are made and so unlikely to delegate this responsibility. After all, our democracy is very much about delegation and less and less about participation. Mm -hmm. 3CR broadcasters present over 100 radio programmes every week including a diverse range of community language shows. Come to more at 3CR Community Radio. Please subscribe now. Testimona ila ida 3CR Community Radio araja al-ishtrakal an. Ningal ungalin samuha vanali 3CRi kettukondirukkirgal. Indre inayungal. Están escuchando Radio Comunitaria 3CR. Suscríbete ahora. Netsuk ketsek radio i gayaranin. Support the station that gives your community a voice. Subscribe to 3CR. CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about so-called participation in so-called democratic decision-making. So even when participation in decision-making is meant to be at the empowering end of the spectrum, there are also always competing publics, 
quote-unquote, which, on the one hand, allow governments and the powerful to divide and rule citizens and communities, pitching one public's interest against the interest of the other public. For example, those who want to get home fast by public transport, that's one public, but the locals through whose communities that train then will run, that's another public. Mm-hmm. Which gets us into some of the trickery often played out when governments consult with the various stakeholders mm. because that is how they are now often usually referred to they have a stake in the substance of the decisions to be made in our consultancy work with borderlands in, in about over the 10 12 15 years we did a lot of work in the gambling area especially assisting local governments as they were asked to have a voice in allowing more or less pokies in existing venues or allowing allowing to have them in venues where there previously were no pokies. <clears throat> so eventually a requirement was imposed to have all stakeholders, doing air quotes, around the table, including residents, uh, representatives of local health and welfare agencies, community groups, local government, local business, and of course, the main pokies or gambling industry itself, um, because, of course, they don't have any power or voice mm. without being part of this forum. Mm-hmm. I'm being sarcastic. Mm. And all would have an equal voice in the proceedings. Obviously, the stake health by some around the table was multiple times larger than the stake others held. Think about the multi-billion dollar gambling machine owners. But around that table, the power differences between the holders of the stakes were erased. Or or ostensibly erased. Yes. Or a democratic game was staged, suggesting equality of the participants where there was no equality at all. Especially as it also deliberately ignored the backroom relationships between stakeholders pre-existing the meetings and at work throughout the Mm, process. Yeah. So that's a pretty good example of what's usually wrong with the stakeholder process Mm -hmm. and the implicit lies about equalising power. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, governments have been known to implement decisions coming out of community deliberations in a genuine way Mm -hmm. with a commitment beforehand to implement whatever the community body comes up with, though I should say it's rare but it has happened, in an approach called deliberative engagement or deliberative community engagement Citizen juries are formed to study and decide on specific policies or projects. They're given the time and presented with the expertise to make decisions together, often over several days or Mm -hmm. several weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're given the time, excuse me, the time and the expertise to deliberate on them, to discuss them. They can also call their own witnesses. So local examples of this approach were the City of Melbourne's participatory budgeting and the City of Yarra's livable Yarra, helping the municipality respond to growth and change. Both examples were provided, along with a lot of other ones, in a workshop I attended a couple of years ago by consultant Max Hardy. A great champion of the use of citizen juries was Western Australian Minister for Planning and Infrastructure, Alana McTiernan. She championed community engagement as a way of encouraging joint decision-making and democratic renewal. In many cases, the decision of the citizen jury was accepted in full, even sometimes in advance. Mm. 
For example, in deciding the route of a major ro- of major roads and a new railway station bridge and upgrades. Mm. So are you listening, Jacinta Allen, Victorian Minister for Transport Infrastructure? There is mm. another way to do things. But of course, we're talking about discrete projects here, not about participatory democracy as a whole and across all areas. And why not move a little bit further away from the still rather tame and very limited opportunities offered within the realm of established democracy or so-called democracy? David Graeber is a great critic of our often thoughtless and fearful adherence to the existing and established legalized, legalized systems, the rule of law as we like to call it. He suggests that we should examine the newly evolving decision-making processes as invented and developed by social and ecological movements for the last decades, really. There was, for example, Occupy Wall Street, the Indignados in uh, Spain and in uh, Portugal as well, the Extinction Rebellion now, and early examples from Chiapas de Zapatistas in Mexico. Graeber is an astute scholar of anarchist systems and as an anthropologist he studies governance systems existing before the emergence of Mm. what we now call modern democracy. Mm. He deeply questions the assumptions across much of Western civilization that we, we have invented the best and the most proper ways of governing the people. And he points at historical examples long predating what we have come up with. In all continents, before the invasion of the Europeans from the 15th century onwards, existed systems of governance which corresponded much more closely to the ideals of real participation we have briefly examined in this program. And we will certainly come back to some aspects Mm. and examples of those in some of our next programs. So closer to home now, this week we're urging listeners to subscribe to 3CR. Mm-hmm. Communication and information is essential for any movement for social change. Community radio provides a vital space. That was a pause for us to think again, Shark, in case you're looking perturbed. Uh-huh. So we're all thinking. Community radio provides a vital space for us to communicate and organise together free mm. from vested corporate interests and the profit motive, which we've been discussing over various projects, including today. So this is really important. 3CR provides a really vital forum and space for alternative voices. Mm-hmm. So... Be part of the movement for change and become a member of Melbourne's precious independent community media. Without 3CR, where else would you hear progressive viewpoints and coverage on current issues, including the climate crisis with the live crosses to the students, uh, regular live broadcasts from the Invasion Day Rally, International Women's Day Rally, and our Beyond the Bars live prison broadcast during NAIDOC week? Mm-hmm. Anyway, as an additional point of persuasion, I think tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Mm. So if you love... It's today, I think. Is it today, the 14th? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so (laughs) we think today is Valentine's Day. So if you love 3CR and the people speaking out against oppression and exploitation and for a better world, subscribe to 3CR. Mm. So now you're wondering, how do I do this? So I'm going to tell you. You could drop in. You could do it in person at 21 Smith Street, 
Fitzroy. You could do it online at 3cr.org.au. You could phone up 94198377 or you could post it in. And if you want the address, again, again ring 94198377. Thank you. So thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet and Jennifer Burrell. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email borderlandsborders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.